Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. So today I want to talk about why mental illness is stigmatized. In this episode, I talk about why it's stigmatized, what to do when you think people might be faking their mental illness, and also how to address people that are impacting you with their mental illness. Before I get into it, I just wanted to let you know that I've released a couple of new fiction pieces, and I'll put the links down below to those. I think you'll like them. And also, I just wanted to ask, if you're enjoying what I'm doing here, I would really appreciate you supporting me on Patreon. All I'm asking for is a $1 per month contribution. On your end, that's basically unnoticeable, but on my end, it would make a massive difference. Doing all the podcasts and blogs and vlogs and all that sort of stuff does take time, and I would love to be able to do this a lot, you know, full time if possible. So if you're enjoying what I'm doing, please consider supporting me for $1 on Patreon, and I'll put the links down below. Enjoy. So I've been really trying to think about why mental illness is so stigmatized. And the best solution that I've come up with is a lack of empathy and the subjective nature of mental illness. So think of it this way. No matter how you're feeling mentally, you can't ever put yourself in someone else's shoes. So you might feel depressed and someone else might feel depressed. And you've got no real way of comparing those two levels of depression. It's completely subjective. So what this does is when someone claims that they're depressed, someone else might look at it and go, well, I've felt depressed before because to them they have. And that second person is was able to get over it, was able to move on, didn't it what didn't impact them that much. So when they look at someone else that's claiming to be depressed just like they were, they they now go, well, why can't you get over it too? I got over it. I had depression. Why can't you move on? Why can't you get over it? It's completely subjective. It's there. There's no real way to determine if someone else's suffering is worse or not as bad as your own. So when I talk about having anxiety, when I talk about having depression or any form of mental illness, I'm I can only talk about it from what I know from my own personal experience and what I see people. The, the, the level of functionality that I see people struggling with, the amount of stuff that they can do in their life, and, you know, how debilitated they are by their mental illness. But that leads to the second problem. Because you can't feel other people's pain, because it's it's impossible to get into your to other people's heads, you can only look at what they're doing. And then you you get the, the issue of people saying, well, maybe they're faking it, maybe they're lazy, maybe they're, you know, putting it on. Because once again, I've been depressed and I was able to get over it. Why can't they? Are they just trying to milk milk the condition or milk the you know milk the system for benefits or for you know concern or for well wishes or for whatever purpose? Maybe they're just being lazy. But you know this is this is obviously the same issue as before. It's it's impossible to know. All this makes me really wonder well how can we how can we possibly help to reduce the stigma when it's impossible to to put yourself in someone else's shoes and i've got a couple of solutions one is to regularly talk openly and honestly about everything to do with mental health so i try to do that here both on my podcasts and blogs and vlogs um, you know, the little videos and stuff that I do, I try to share what I'm going through, the ups and the downs as honestly as possible. 
Because I think that by sharing myself as openly and honestly as possible, I'm trying to paint a real picture of what mental health, mental illness, and the recovery process actually looks like. Some days I'm up, some days I'm down. And, you know, people that have followed me for a while will be able to see the the, the trend of going up and down over time. And that way they'll see that there's, there is those ups and there is those downs. And although I might say that I'm depressed or anxious, you'll be actually able to see the functionality rise and fall. I think that sharing, just talking and openly, honestly discussing stuff is the only way that we can ever hope to bridge the gap between the subjective feelings. I've got a part of my website called the Share Your Story Project. And in that project, people are basically writing in and talking about their different experiences with mental illness, amongst other topics. And one of the one of the key things that I've I've discovered is that mental illness is it's so common, but it's so not talked about. Um, this this project, the Share Your Story project, has really opened my eyes up to just how similar everyone's description of the impact of, say, an anxiety or depression or other mental illness actually is, you know, or just how just how challenging it is to break an addiction or just how hard it is to move on from trauma. By reading many, many, many different stories of people from across the world sharing their experiences with mental illness, I know that I and a lot of the readers have started to really see that they're not alone. And by sharing it with people, other people that start to read it will realize that you know mental illness is real, the impacts are real, and that and that you know that the stigma behind mental illness is quite a massive problem. All of this aside though, it still doesn't address the issue of people believing that some people might be faking it. Because once again, how do you know? And I'm, I know I'm guilty of this in my personal life. I'll see people saying or doing things and I've just, I've still got this, even though I talk about this, even though I do this, sometimes I still have this default reaction and go, are they putting it on? Are they being lazy? Are they faking it? And I instantly cut it. I, I instantly try and cut that short because I know that whilst there will be a very, very small percentage of people that are, you know, trying to use the the terms and the the issues of mental illness to their advantage and just sort of manipulating people the vast 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 majority of people that claim to have a mental illness do have a mental illness and it's impossible and i know this for a fact that it's impossible to see inside someone else's mind or just by looking at them understand what's going through their minds and i know this because people can't see that with me i know that when i'm suffering my face looks very similar to how it looks, if not exactly the same to how it looks when I'm not suffering. People can't tell. All that they can tell of my suffering is by when they see my functionality drop, when I tell them, or when I suffer a breakdown. So my default now is to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Yes, I'm sure that there are some people that are faking it, but in general, You've got to give people the benefit of the doubt. If someone says they're mental, they've got a mental illness, believe them. If someone says they've been sexually assaulted, believe them. You have to, because there is. If we can't take people on their word and try and help them through with what they're going through, what are we left with? A an analogy I like to use is when people talk about not wanting to give someone that's in need charity, because 
they're worried that that person might use it on alcohol or drugs. And they're going, well, I don't want to give this person money because what if they spend it on something like alcohol or drugs and that's bad and, you know, all of those sort of, you know, that sort of line of reasoning. And my response is, well, yeah, there is a chance that that person might use it on alcohol or drugs, but there's also a chance that they won't. There's also a chance that that money that you give them might be enough to help them through their problems they're going through. It might be enough to get them into a a shelter home for the night. It might be enough to give them some food to eat tonight. There will be a percentage of people, if you're a regular donator, there will be a percentage of people that will spend your money on alcohol or drugs, and that sucks. But does that mean you should not help people out? Does that mean you should just not help anyone at all because some some people are rotting the system, so to speak? It's the same argument for you know government assistance. When I was 15, I moved out of home. And I relied on government assistance to help me through school. I worked part-time jobs at McDonald's. I had government assistance to give me some money. And I also went to charity places to get handouts and do cooking classes to teach me how to cook. But really, it was just to eat the food afterwards because I I needed the food. Now, I knew people, other people my age, that were basically effectively still living at home with their parents and rotting the system for the Centrelink money. They were being dodgy. I also knew other people that were in my exact same situation, moved out of home basically at the same time I did and were struggling in the same way I was. I, despite this, now that I'm an adult, now that I'm paying taxes, now that I'm effectively, you know, giving people, you know, like myself back in the day money, I would definitely keep giving that money. I definitely think it's a worthwhile cause, even though I know that there are people out there dodging the system. The amount of benefit outweighs the issues that I have with people rotting or lying. And I think the same thing's true for mental health and mental illness. If someone's claiming that they're mentally ill or mental, um, you know, have a mental health concern, it's best to believe them. This doesn't mean that you need to give them you know, an excuse for being an asshole to you. I wrote a blog post a while back, and I'll link it below. It's called Why Mental Illness Does Not Excuse Your Behavior Towards Others. And basically what I was trying to say was that if you have a mental illness, or if you're on the other side of things talking to someone with a mental illness, and they're treating you like crap, or you feel compromised by the situation, or they're causing your life to be negative, it's okay to cut those people from your life. Just because someone has a problem or just someone's, just because someone is mentally ill doesn't mean you need to fix the problem. It doesn't mean you need to have them in your life and you don't need to save them. If you find yourself being used or abused by anyone, it's just cause to cut them from your life. If someone's, if, if you have someone in your life that has a mental illness and they keep using that mental illness as an excuse to stand you up or to be abusive to you, or to hurt you in some capacity, that's it's it's justifiable to end the relationship. I say that because unless you're like a parent or someone that's in a caring, like you know, a carer role, you're not a trained professional, and it's it's you you don't have the skills or and you didn't sign up for dealing with that sort of life and dealing with those sort of problems. I, 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 it's, it's a hard one to sort of, sort of wrap your head around, but if someone's not treating you well, it, the, 
the the excuse that they give you is sort of irrelevant. I mean, like, let's say someone's a a drinker, and when they drink, they get aggressive. But when they're sober, they they're not aggressive, and they don't hit you. There's this temptation to go, yeah, but they're not aggressive. They're not aggressive. They only they only get aggressive when they drink. Well, okay, but if they're always drinking, that means that they are an aggressive person. Similarly, if if you're impacted by someone's mental illness, but you know that they're a good person that treats you well, but their mental illness is always impacting you and it's always causing you issues and they're, they're treating you badly because of a flare-up, that's something that you need to address. And, you know, there are steps before you just cut someone out of your life. You've got to, like, talk to them about it. You've got to make sure that they're getting the right help. In some instances, it might be wise to speak to a therapist or a psychologist yourself about that other person to make sure you've got the best coping mechanisms. Sometimes taking a step back and just setting a clear a clear line in the sand, you know, this is what I'm happy to do with you. This is where I'm happy to help you with, but anything over this line and I'm not. For example, if if someone is, there's a real risk of people that are feeling suicidal, of them holding the the potential of them killing themselves over other people's heads. And it's not necessarily even intentional. Like this, this behavior might just be occurring. But let's say you're worried about a friend of yours or someone that you know, family member, whatever, being suicidal. If they're constantly telling you that they're suicidal and every time you go away, you know, on a holiday, their, 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 their issues flare up and it makes you not want to go away or makes you not want to leave the house or makes you not want to travel or makes you not be able to go to work. Their mental illness is now impacting your life quite significantly. It's very much worthwhile if that's happening to take a step back and explain to them like, hey, this is the line. And if you need to, like I said, speak to a professional therapist about how to help yourself and how to manage a friendship or a relationship with someone that's going through those sort of problems. The reason I've gone off on this long tangent when I started talking about why mental health is so stigmatized is because it's all tied in. But the prime reason that it's so stigmatized is just the sheer nature of it. It's invisible. We can't see. We can't see Mental illness, you can't see my depression or my anxiety. It's impossible. And because of that, because it's you can't see it, because you can't feel it, because you can't compare it, it's very, very easy to disregard someone else's mental illness as not so bad. Because, you know, people are so stuck in the moment that if they're in a good mood or if they're in a bad mood, it feels like they've always been in that mood. I mean, think to yourself, think about yourself right now. How are you feeling right now in this moment? I guarantee you that if you look back over your past memories, you will probably be applying how you're feeling right now to those past memories. So if you're feeling depressed right now, it'll feel like you've always been depressed. If you're happy right now, it'll feel like you've always been happy. The thing that this happens when you talk, what this does when you're talking to people with mental illness is if someone talks to you about being depressed or anxious or whatever issue they're talking about, unless you're in that mind frame too, it's a lot harder to empathize with that person. Unless you're feeling anxious, when someone else is telling you about anxiety, it's easier to disregard it because you're not feeling the anxiety. Does that make sense? You're not feeling the anxiety. So when someone's telling you, oh, I'm feeling anxious, well, 
it's harder to relate. All you can do is in your now current, you know, happy or non-anxious state, try and remember times that you were anxious. But because you're not right now, you're now basically just trying to imagine it or pretend it as opposed to feeling it. Think about the other times when you've been feeling depressed and someone's talking to you about their depression. You can definitely feel it, can't you? You can relate to it because you're feeling it too. It's the same way with grieving. If you're in a grieving state and someone else is in a grieving state, you get each other instantly because you're both feeling those same feelings that unless you've gone through a loss and unless it's happened recently, people don't understand the, the, the feeling of that, you know, the wound being open, the salt, you know, like just the, 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 the feelings that you have. With all this in mind, like I said, I think the best way that we can address the stigma around mental illness is just by talking about it openly and honestly. I encourage everyone that if you're getting something out of what I'm doing, share it widely. And don't just share the stuff I'm doing, but share everything to do with mental illness. If you see a meme, a quote, a podcast, a blog, a video, anything, share it. And sharing it will do a bunch of things. The first one is it will it will help to normalize discussion of mental illness. And that's just inherently a good thing. Secondly, it will let the world know and let the people on your, you know, social media know that you are someone that's open and honest and happy to talk about mental illness. They might not comment, they might not like, but it will sit in their mind. And if they're struggling at some stage, they might come to you for support. And that's a good thing because it's far better for someone to say, hey, I'm struggling right now. Can you help me out a little bit? Than for them to, you know, attempt suicide or self-harm or you know, get down the addiction path or anything like that. It's far better for them to reach out and say, hey, I've seen that you've posted this sort of stuff. Do you reckon you can help me a little bit? And please don't worry. If that does happen and you don't feel like you're in a position to be able to help that person, simply refer them on. Say, hey, let's find a support group. Let's find a therapist. I'm not able to help you with this directly because I don't know. And, you know, it's, it's, I'm not a hundred percent comfortable. Just say something like that. But hey, I will help you find a therapist. I'll help you find those support groups because I'm here for you and I'll help you. And that could literally save someone's life. And the final thing it will do will be when you share, when you share stuff about mental illness online, people will start opening up to you about their stories. You'll open up to them about your stories. You'll develop more connections and you too will have more resources and people to go to for support if and when you need it. So the best thing once again is just to share something like this podcast or any other mental health related things and just help to spread the word and share the stories. And speaking of share your story, I'm going to put a link down below to the share your story project. If you've got a story that you would like to share, click the link, check out the ones that are up. And if you think it's your style, please submit one because I really want to share the stories of people that have gone through or are going through mental illness and the recovery process or anything that's sort of related to those sort of stigma based stuff. So moving on from trauma or addiction or anything like that, click the link, check it out and let me know what you think. And like I said at the start, if you're enjoying this podcast, please support me on Patreon, patreon.com slash Zach P. Phillips. Thank you.